0: But talking about this oppression and idea of freedom, I'll turn to Sartre again, and you might say, how the hell am I turning to Sartre? But I'm not really turning to Sartre. I'm turning to uh, Sartre quoting Dostoevsky. So he basically says, uh, if there is no God, everything is permissible. And that's not the exact quote, but it's something along those lines. It's in uh, existentialism as a humanism. I think it perfectly represents his kind of ideology, which is a very interesting thing, because I think that essentially what we see is that uh, it is really a thing where you see that freedom, when made to the absolute highest level, I think, has problems, and I don't think Sartre understands the problems to what he is attributing to, or is the freedom that he's proclaiming or shouting for. Yeah,
1: and uh, I, I really, I, I, always really hate it when people quote this line because, <laughs> firstly, firstly, because it's it's wrongly attributed to Dostoevsky. But secondly, Dostoevsky himself doesn't say it. It's Ivan who, who says it in the uh, the brothers. And also there's this whole whole context around the quote that I, I completely forgot, but I remember it has has significant implications to how you read the single line, but, but it's just forgotten. And you take out that single line, and it just it it, it is very shocking, but I, I don't think it captures a Dostoevskyan
0: spirit. I think the even more funny thing is is that the Dostoyevsky didn't even say, if there is no God, there is no virtue. There, no, he says if there is no God, everything is permissible. Dostoyevsky never even said that. Even if you count that it was taken in the right context and everything, those weren't Dostoyevsky's words. What Dostoyevsky did say was, if there is no immortality of the soul, there is no virtue. So not only does God not even appear in it, it, it isn't even everything is permissible. It is, there is no virtue. So the idea of the existence of a moral standard is different from the existence of it. can you do absolutely everything. So there's a bit of a, di- a disagreement or a, a, even a horrible misrepresentation of the thing even on its yeah. verbal basis.
1: Yeah, and I think this this fits very well. This new uh, this new context adding to the quote fits very well with Ivan Stansin the brothers because Yv- Ivan although he does not believe in god he's a, a very staunch moralist in some sense. And he says something like, well, so long as he, he sees one, one single ch- child suffer, then that's sufficient evidence to refute God. So even, even when God does not exist, I think they, somehow we, we still have a kind of basic moral dignity remaining in us that, 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 we, can, that, that we, we can maintain without any, uh, any structure outside of us. I think that that mm-hmm. that's purely purely by in virtue of being human, we have this moral standard. Or if you don't have this moral standard, then you are not fucking human.
0: I completely agree with that. And I, I think that there's this idea that we all have an intrinsic knowledge of right and wrong. And of course I, I attribute it to the infinite consciousness and then I attribute that to God, but then then of course I do think that there is something within us which has a moral compass, which is inalien inalienable from human existence. And I think I think that is a very interesting point, and I, I think we can totally kind of develop it a bit more in the sense that, well, what exactly is the similarity between the immortality of the soul and a belief in God? Because Dostoevsky believes or states that the, immort- the belief in the mortality of the soul is akin to a belief in the divine. Now, do you, do you buy into it or do you think that there's some problems with this idea?
1: I think maybe we we have to develop something like what what are the implications of the immortality of the soul? Somehow this this reminds me of Nietzsche's uh, eternal recurrence. There's there's another kind of immortality to to Nietzsche's eternal recurrence, and that immor- immortality is the sense that every single act that you do will be completely immortal. So every single act is infinitely responsible. It perhaps maybe that's the sense where immortality converges with, uh, with with God because what if 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 God exists then I don't think I think if God exists then there's even a greater moral bur- burden for every single person to be respons- responsible for for their own acts and and maybe this is where the two concepts
0: converge I think that that's a very interesting idea uh And I think that there's this kind of – there's this kind of – how do you say it? There's this idea that you're ultimately reaching or you're ultimately working towards um, some sense of – there's some sense of – I don't know the word to say it, but there's some sense of kind of goal that you have to work towards that kind of ties in with the idea of the immortality of the soul, in the sense that the immortality of the soul – the fact that it exists carries burden and weight to it but then if you look at it in the Nietzschean way then there's something completely different to it there seems to be like the same time two ways to look at it and of course the Nietzschean would kind of say well and this is what i fundamentally don't really understand about Nietzsche it's that it's idea that if you have eternal recurrence then nothing you really do right now has any significant worth though at the same time it has eternal worth at the same time because everything you do now would be repeated for infinity. So then so there's kind of this dialectic here because everything you've done right now should have been repeated previously, but then everything you've done previously or you do now would be repeated in the future. So then what exactly are you meant to do? If you got what I mean, there's this, there's this really crazy situation that we find ourselves in.
1: Uh, and I think Nietzsche revels in, in those kind of paradoxes. So I read a very interesting interpretation of eternal recurrence or just something like, well, eternal recurrence, although it's the eternal recurrence of the same, But it is in this precise identity of the same that difference is created so every single act that that you make it is not only the same act but in their repetition gains a kind of difference and it is it is in this space of difference where the acts are repeated that you gain freedom like i this is kind of like a crazy crazy interpretation i I don't know what to make of it but going back to the immortality of the soul i want to sort of challenge you a bit i don't think well if there is if the soul is immortal, then how, how is there an end, a telos, a goal, a goal that you should strive towards? There's no end to, to the soul. There's
0: no, there's no goal. I I'll say that with a mortality of the soul, you do have... Well, I think it depends on the nature of the immortality of the soul. Because if it's like you're immortal, but then you're doing absolutely nothing in some limbo, then of course there's no, it's not really useful. Like Even if you're conscious in this limbo, there's no point to it if we look at the immortality of the soul and add on like an extra belief of heaven or hell, then I think there's worth there. So I think I think it really depends on like I think Dostoevsky perhaps was implying that there was also heaven and hell there and not just ending it. If, if there's immortality of the soul then everything's solved. I don't think that's perhaps the best way to view it.